Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Whoa, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm very gassy. Melinda's a gas giant. Call her Jupiter. I feel like that's an offensive thing to say. But hey. Yeah. I'm also burping a lot. Melinda's a gas giant. <laughs> Call her Jupiter. It's not worse enough. I feel like the size of a planet. No, I am a planet. I'm a gassy planet. Hey, Jupiter's the one planet that no one wants to hang out with because he's always farting. And you've got that big red storm. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that's Jupiter's butthole. (laughs) Oh no, I was thinking periods. Then you went butthole. Oh, okay. Speaking of buttholes, what's up, babe? Nothing Transition. <laughs> oh wait, I should say we are the weekly something of something, but I won't. That was good. Thanks. We're the weekly Thanks. something of something. Fill in the blanks. Join our Patreon and tell us what to say. Or the weekly consortium that speaks of I've chosen a very morbidians. Yeah, I'll do. Alright. That's enough. it. Yeah, fuck it. We're brought to you today by our fantastic patrons over patreon.com slash new poltergeist. Yeah, thanks, guys, for supporting us. What's new, babe? Um, we're moving again. We are taking the time out to move <laughs> once again. Yep, and this will be the second last time we ever move. Hopefully. Because the next time we move... Is into our forever home our when we get adopted by home. our our new owners. We'll get adopted, yeah. We're actually moving to the RSPCA... This whole time we've been dogs. <laughs> Conspiracy achieved. Exactly. <laughs> if you were a dog, what kind of dog would you be? Um. Oh, this is a hard question. I think I'd be a Molly. I think I'd be the Jack Russell. The Jack Russell. I agree. And but be her type of energy. Yeah, like, yeah. She's not your average. Run of the mill, no. Jack Russell cross fox. In fact, character. there's not a lot run of her. <laughs> Ex- exactly, she gets those little bursts of energy, and that's like when I do the cleaning once a week. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes she'll like bark at another dog to play with it, or some most of the time she'll just bark at it to tell it to fuck off. Yeah, that's like me, drunk. Both scenarios. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What about you, babe? What would you be? Um, I feel like you'd be a Labrador. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably be a Labrador. I'm very loyal and very playful, and oh. I would. I love big dogs. <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. Yeah, all right. I'm a lab. I'll be. I love you. I'll be a golden lab. Yeah, oh, golden lab. Huh? No, actually, a chocolate lab. What other colors of labs are there? 
There's black. Black lab. Uh, is there like a green lab? If they're after they roll on the grass, yeah. A meth lab? I could be one of those. You can be a meth lab if you really want. We are moving to... Um, Somewhere that's a bit undesirable. I mean, it's... Oh, not really. Not really. Not where, Not the suburb we'll be in. Not the area of the suburb we're in. Yeah, it's really quiet, actually, besides the dogs. Yeah, it's quite door. nice. Oh, yeah, those dogs. Oh, they're gorgeous, though. A couple of meth labs. A couple of meth labs next door. Yeah, I got a couple of meth labs. I mean, probably down the street, mate. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Wonder how much. (laughs) At least we're not going to be living in Woodridge. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we could afford to live in Woodridge because, you know, we could get a three bedroom house with a garage for $2.90 a week, but. um, I hear most of the rent there you just have to pay in your own blood. So. Hmm. You give them a little bit of meth, everything's fine. Exactly. Meth's cheaper than rent. How sad is that, though? Is it really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's how they get meth, then. Centrelink. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, this <laughs> is getting get dark. Into, um, let's get into it. Hey. Hey. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, motherfuckers. Whoa. Are we around a campfire? <gasps> oh, oh shit. Is a couple of fucking crickets? Oh my god. Hey, Bab. Hey, Bab. <laughs> hey, babe. Can you add in, um, mozzie sounds? Yeah, oh, one the bit me. The most annoying sound. Oh god, it's so loud. Did you get it? Nah, miss. <laughs> Shit. I slapped myself for no reason. <laughs> this will be another instance where I just don't add any sound effects <laughs> and we're just talking and you're slapping yourself. Oh my gosh, what's that noise? Is that a... Oh my god, it's a whale armed with a rocket launcher. (laughs) All I was looking at my head was like, what could there be out where someone is camping? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Frogs. (laughs) Like, that's all that's going through my head. You're like, a whale with a rocket launcher. (laughs) Yeah, we can clearly see who has the special brain here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was that good? That was a good you sound effect. I don't to, need to add it in now. You don't it's need to there. It. I Boom. Did it. Google it. <laughs> whatever the process of it is. I don't know what you do. Whatever you do, it's amazing. So, yeah, we're talking about a couple. Like our last episode we did when we were doing Friday the 13th. The, the, the. I feel like we've done so many Friday 13ths. What's going up, guys? What's going up with the world? Going up, going on. I know. There's too many coming around. Mm hmm. It's dangerous. A lot of bad luck. But hey, spooky times call for spooky Spooky stories. 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 And today we're going to be doing a couple more urban legends from around the world. Yeah, from the late 80s. Yeah, late 80s. I'm actually early 80s. Are you early 80s? Early 80s. I think I'm mid 80s. Nice. Shall we engage the urban legend? Tell, storytelling moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who else is sitting around this campfire with us? Um, have, here's a little bit of foreshadowing. Have a little bit of a have that jigsaw sitting. sitting oh with us. wow! Oh. I want to play a game. <laughs> was that good? I think that was good. I haven't Thanks. seen the movies for so long though. Would you like me just to do all the accents I can do, and they'll be the people sitting around the fire with us? Yeah. Okay. Ready. Go. <laughs> Michael Caine. 
<laughs> um, more voices like that, perhaps. Um, Sean Connery. Perhaps I... No. How about David... David Attenborough. I am sitting around the campfire. <laughs> um... Yeah. I can't do voices. So. The mosquito sucks the blood from my erection. Oh, <laughs> no! Have I tarnished the name of our great of Sir our David Attenborough? Yeah, of Priscilla's Lord and Savior. Yeah. Oh, she loves watching David. Oh, she loves watching that one planet. Oh, yeah. That's Is it a one fave. planet? No, our planet? On Netflix? Oh, I don't know how many times we watched the series. She bloody fucking loves it. Oh, she likes South Park too. Hell yeah. Molly, that's a very loud noise. She's scratching her elbow. You scratch your little elbow then. Good on ya. Alright, you want to get started? We've got those three Englishmen around here with us. Yeah, you are. I could go first if you want to. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my favourite horror slasher. Slash slasher? My favorite horror thriller slasher movie franchise, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, perfect. Most importantly, we're talking about Freddy Krueger. Oh, very and nice. His origin story. Shit, he has origins. Well, not his origin story. That's wrong. The inspiration. Inspiration story. What inspired it? What inspired the Krueger himself? Oh. Yes. And not Chad Kruger from Nickelback. No, but we would really like to know what inspired him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your pants around your feet. Don't on it. It's like mum's favourite song. <laughs> okay, no. So. Look at this photograph. Every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Is that, is that song? I, yeah, I don't know probably. the actual words. Yeah, we probably do, though, don't we? Yeah, so good. Okay, so, um, as we know, the franchise has nine movies in total, including Freddy vs. Jason, which was released in 2003, um, where Jason Voorhees from Friday 13th franchise battled, battled it out with Freddy. I felt like that was a very important thing to write down and include, just in case you've never seen any A Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday 13th, or the crossover movie, which I, I feel like not many not many do crossover movies, do they? Mm. Horror movies. Let's not talk about Marvel. Um, yeah, I can't think of any. Okay, so... In mid-October 2017, the internet began asking if Fruity... Fruity. <laughs> if Fruity Kruge... Fruity and the Blowfish. <laughs> um, the internet began asking if Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street films was based on a real-life serial killer. Are you good? <laughs> I was imagining a blowfish with knife hands coming out of it. Instead of spikes. Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. No. Sorry, God, no. If he was based on a real-life serial killer. Then this post was being shared around on Facebook. The Freddy Krueger character was based on a real serial killer who lived in Cincinnati, O-H. Ohio. Is that Ohio? Yeah. In the 1800s. 
According to police files of the time, Mr. Kruger had killed at least 20 children within a three-mile radius of where he lived. He reportedly murdered the children using only a gardening claw, and he lived inside an abandoned factory, having set up a small area, small living area and a torture area within the mechanical room of the facility. Oh, back then, a mechanical, a mechanical room was also known as a boiler room. Mr. Kruger was eventually caught, tried, and found to be criminally insane. He spent the rest of his life in Kings Park Psychiatric Hospital before dying unexpectedly in his sleep at the age of 72. To this day, long before the Elm Street films, Kings Park Psych Hospital was said to be haunted by the ghost of Freddy Krueger. Oh. That's the entire post. Well, sort of. The entire post that got shared around, like, the whole of October in 2017. Yeah. So, that was why everyone copied and pasted, right? Yeah, one of those classic. But they left out the last line Oh, what is that it? post. So, accompanying the post was a picture of a gravestone that read Frederick Kruger, 1838 to 1910. And the last sentence of the post being... Actually, I just found this picture and made up all this shit. Uh, and you actually read it. Happy October, everyone. Oh, fucking hell. Right? So I read that, okay? And I was like, oh, fuck. Well, now I don't know what to do with my story. <laughs> yeah. But then. Oh. There is actual story that Freddy Krueger is based off of. Oh. So... In October 2014, before that post was made, the horror film creator Wes Craven, bloody genius, he also did Scream, um, disclosed that Freddy Krueger was based on a horrific news report he read, not about a real human serial killer. When asked where he actually got the idea for Freddy's murderous dream powers, Craven recounted an old news story he read about a family trying to get their lives in order after escaping Cambodia. But the family's son was haunted with post-traumatic stress that eventually killed him. From there, the genesis of Freddy Krueger was born. I'd read an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the US. Things were fine, and then suddenly the young son was having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him. So he tried to stay awake for days at a time. When he finally fell asleep, his parents thought this crisis was over. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. Here was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. That became the central line of nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my god, that is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Although Craven's commentary was real, the circulating Frederick Krueger gravestone is entirely unrelated to a real Freddy Krueger, and instead was intended as a Halloween joke. Over time, however, the description was copied and pasted without its last line, spoiling the joke and confusing horror film buffs, which it did <laughs> for me for so long. I think I remember seeing that post, like, literally couple years ago going oh okay cool wow that makes sense and then i was like oh i'll do my story on this because i remember this and then i'm like wait a minute it's fake oh (laughs) um but i thought i would i'd put out some fun facts about the 
the franchise because it's one. It's one of my favorites. Okay. I fucking love a Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. Okay. So fun facts. Wes Craven didn't like the ending to the first A Nightmare on Elm Street. Right? You're like, yeah. why? Okay. You're not reacting, right? Oh, why didn't he like it? Thank you. He didn't like the fact that Freddy got to win in the end. Oh. Spoiler, but not really, because um, it was released in the US in 1984 and in <laughs> Australia in 1985. So if you haven't watched it by now, you're either too young or have been living under a rock. That's, that's what I wrote. According to Craven, he was completely against having Freddy win by taking over the convertible as those creepy kids sing the Freddy song. You know? Yeah. One, two, let us come up for you. It's a very good song. Um, signaling Nancy was still trapped in the dream world as the credits rolled. Instead, Craven wanted to end a bit early, with Nancy having seemingly defeated Freddy by overcoming her fear. Bob, um, the producer Robert Shea, wanted a hook for a sequel. I felt that the film should end when Nancy turns her back on Freddy and his violence. That's the one thing that kills him. Bob wanted to have Freddy pick up the kids in a car and drive off, which reversed everything I was trying to say. It suddenly presented Freddy as, as triumphant. I came up with a compromise which was to have the kids get in the convertible and when the roof comes down, we'd have Freddy's red and green stripes on it. Do I regret changing the ending? I do, because it's one part of the film that isn't me. Aww, that's sad. And, okay, rating for more. Yep. So, Wes Craven actually only directed two of the nine films and was a screenwriter and storyline and had written the storyline for three of them. So, he directed A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare in 1994. Um, he also wrote those along with A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, but he didn't direct that one, so that was Dream Warriors in 1987. And the actor, Robert England, who plays Freddy, is one of three actors to portray horror actors um, eight consecutive times in oh movies. Oh my god. He... Um, didn't play Freddy in the remake in 2010, and so he's unfortunately he's too old to play the character anymore, but would do cameos in more Freddy-related movies. Cool. The other two actors to have played horror characters eight consecutive times uh, is um, Doug Brad- Bradley, Doug Bradley, who played Pinhead from the Hellraiser France franchise, of and... Course. Tobin Bell, who played Jigsaw in the Saw franchise. Ah, cool. And that's all I have on the Freddy Krueger urban legend. That's so cool. Which is, and I guess, really not creepy. really an urban legend. The kid died from post-traumatic stress disorder. In his nightmares. He died in his nightmares. Could you imagine? And now he's forever living in his nightmares. He literally died of fright. That's fucked. Just like sleep. those guys did with the morphous blob. The yeah, nameless thing yeah, of Berkeley yeah, Street. Exactly. Maybe they all had PTSD. Maybe. So that was mine. Mine was short and sweet this time. I never do short Very and sweet. Very awesome. I think mine's going to be pretty short and sweet as well, actually. So this might be a nice quick episode for the That's viewers on Friday the 13th. We're recording at 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's pretty late. All right, here we go. Let me take you back 39 years ago from the present day. <laughs> The year was 1981. Kids and teens would flock to local arcades to bask in neon light and shovel their weekly allowance 
into coin slots of the latest arcade machines. They'd enjoy some of the greatest games. Pac-Man, Gallagher, oh. Frogger Defender. Oh. Centipede, and of course, the sultry stylings of Ms. Pac-Man. Oh, all that bow did things to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Was that the only change? I think and just like, like lipstick? the bow and some lipstick and some eyelashes, I think. Oh, my Unless Lord. that's been more modernized today. Yeah, maybe. But the bow. Bow was a big one. Yeah, yeah. really got people going. Hell yeah. But there was one arcade machine that suddenly arrived on the scene of two arcades in Portland, Oregon that quickly became the hottest and most played game in both of those arcades. No, it's not Space Invaders. (laughs) So the kids would line up for hours, even going as far as waiting outside before the arcade opened just to get themselves in the driver's seat of Polybius. Okay, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. What is it? Yeah. So at first, Polybius seems like your ordinary run, sort of like fun arcade game, flashing lights, wild geometric shapes, lines upon lines of addicted teen gamers waiting for it. But things became rapidly apparent to onlookers and participants that this game was anything but ordinary. Seizures would be among some of the first symptoms, obviously, to start because of the flashing lights and whatnot. But then what accompanied that was headaches, migraines, amnesia. Oh. Yep. yep, It sounds like that episode of um, The Simpsons. Yeah. Pretty well (laughs) precisely, actually. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they they did a knockoff of it in um, Family Guy. Mm. Probably every animated cartoon series there was oh wait did bart play like a haunted game or something or are you talking about the seizures the seizures oh yeah no i've you know the episode where they go to japan oh yeah mr mr happy fun mr sparkle mr sparkle and um they're watching like a TV show, and then they're all like, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, 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 <laughs> like fawn seizures. Anyway. Happy fun uh, robot, something or other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it's not the same thing, but that's what it's reminding me of. I get it. Sorry, Polybius is in actually a Simpsons episode as well. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, the hypnotic imagery of Polybius would cause the migraines and amnesia, but the true terror would come when people would stop playing Polybius and return home. Because they would report having strings of horrendous nightmares any time they entered sleep. And then came the rapid changes in personality, depression, and suicide attempts. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the other thing that onlookers noticed was that Polybius was serviced on a daily basis. As opposed to other arcade games which would receive attention like once or twice a month. Two men would enter the arcades in black suits, look at the leaderboards of the machine, open up the machine and get out some data and whatnot and write it down on clipboards. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't bother collecting, you know, the thousands of dollars that is accumulating from these teens being obsessed with the game. Yeah. They'd just specifically look at who was the highest scorer of Polybius. And then, like, collect other data on it as well. How much it was being used, etc. Are they recruiting? Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So, and... For the wall. <laughs> just as soon as they had arrived, the two Polybius machines vanished without a trace. 
When the owners of the arcade were asked about why the machines had been taken away, they simply stated they were recalled by the manufacturer due to the seizures. <laughs> yeah, right. So all these odd and unexplained circumstances lead to the belief that the arcade machine was actually a CIA experiment oh. to test the specific effects of imagery, lighting, and sound on the human <gasps> mind with the ultimate goal of weaponizing arcade machines and turning gamers into elite soldiers. I was about to say this sounds like another Garnsfield thing. Yeah. So local gamers started realizing that the people who were at the top of the leaderboards in Polybius had gone missing and undoubtedly been brainwashed and taken in for further experimentation. Holy shit. And they all turned out to be 11. Exactly. Who knows how far the government will go to uh, ultimately experiment on the and try to control the public. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. could all be under their influence right now. I don't know, chills as you said that. I'm one of them. There <laughs> has actually been one project declassified by an internal group in the US government that was like a church uh, organization that mm-hmm. like policed certain parts of the CIA and stuff. And in the uh, late 60s, there was a cover-up for a project called MKUltra, in which they had uh, done tests on unknowing and unsuspecting citizens with LSD, where they tried to test, uh, like, mind control effects whilst putting people under this drug. And also uh, people in detention centers in, like, Japan and all over the world where the U.S. had detention centers. They were putting them through this just to try and get outside of the whole uh, laws and citations they'd have to go through to test on the public. So it was really fucked. In a fucking video game, teenagers will love to be brainwashed. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, as I said, Polybius had been seen on The Simpsons where Bart played the game next to... or played a game next to the infamous machine. And there was actually a documentary slated for 2015, but unfortunately funding for the project was never actually achieved. Aww. I know. And obviously you can find various fan recreations of the game online, but I warn you, if you're prone to seizures or have epilepsy, it's definitely not something to do because it's just yeah. crazy-ass geometric shapes. Please do not do that to yourself. And babe, fun thing that I'm going to test before, hopefully before next week's episode, is that on PlayStation VR, what oh, no. you got me, oh, no. late last year, probably four, four months ago, Polybius was released on PlayStation VR. No! A, a, a Polybius, I don't know whether it's the oh, same. What? My God. I want to test it and see if I become a killing machine. Wow! <laughs> so the gameplay I've looked, I've watched of it is like super, very, very strange. Like flashing lights, like weird shapes and stuff like coming from the side, kind of like a Space Invaders where you're shooting at stuff, but like 3D and you're like floating around. And the one person's gameplay that I watched, he said that 95% of the like video that he had saved was corrupted. Coincidence? I think, I think not. <laughs> Indeed. And that's all for a current affair tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've been untracy, I'm sure. 
I kind of want them to like really remake a Polybius style game. So that you can get seizures. Yeah, so I can get seizures. And then get that disability, yo! Oh, hell yeah. Never have to work again, cheat the system. Well, we didn't really take time to break for half. Read your reviews, but I'm not sure we have any new reviews. No. No. If you want to help the podcast grow, you can by giving us a five-star review on whatever pod catcher you are listening to us on. And if you do so, we will read that review out. And thank you with all the warmth in our hearts. Yeah, thanks, guys. It really means a lot to us. And it does help the podcast. If you want to help us in growing the podcast, you can join us over on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you could gain access to a bunch of awesome things such as early episodes and other awesome Patreon-related content like videos and things like that. Exactly. We have other varying tiers with other awesome rewards that can help you get connected to the podcast. Yes! And have a real say in what content we upload. Yeah, exactly. So... Maybe for the next Friday 13th, you guys send us in your urban legends that you've heard when you're a Patreon member. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. We've got an awesome new video coming to our Patreon this week for patrons only, so look forward to that. Because I put a lot of effort into it. You did, babe. You did very good. And I did it for free. Yeah. Alright, well. A cat's pissing us off. We've got to go, guys. Yeah, we've got to go. We love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening once again this week. Tune in next week for something more riveting and exciting. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, you motherfuckers. Stay safe. And exercise regularly. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.